God, thank you so much, Lord, that we don't have to come covered up, dressed up. God, we don't have to hide in front of you. God, we can just come as we are to you. God, the King of kings, we get to come humbly as your servants. God, we get to come and ask. God, and, and you touch our lives. God, I don't understand why you do that. God, we deserve so much worse. God, we deserve punishment. We deserve your wrath. We deserve for you to hate us. God, but you don't do that. You give yourself for us. I don't understand it. God, I'm so thankful for it. But God, I don't understand it. God, thank you for touching our lives when we need it the most. God, as we're hurting, as we're broken, we just get to come and lay down before you and say, God, just be close to me. And you are right within arm's reach every single time, no matter what we've done or where we've been. Every single time, if we come in humility before you and fall down at your throne and say, God, please touch my life, you always do. It's overwhelming, Father. It's amazing grace. God, thank you so much for this time of worship that we've had. God, thank you so much for touching people's lives. I've seen people just respond to you as you've, you've just touched their hearts already. So, God, now I just pray as we just take a few minutes to look into your word, God, that you would continue to touch their lives and touch their hearts. And, God, just show them how much you love them. God, that's what this message is about, just how much you love us. I just pray that we wouldn't miss that. God, we do love you, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. It's overwhelming, right? Good grief. <sighs> Thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming to Simple Church to worship with us. Thank you for allowing your hearts to be open so God can speak to you. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for this church. Thank you for praying for Renewal Sunday. What's this all about? It's really about this. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we get on the wrong track. Sometimes uh, we step off the path, and sometimes we get really dirty when we step off the path. It's about a God who makes all things new. Maybe you haven't been faithful in your church attendance. Maybe you haven't been connected to God because you haven't been talking to Him. You hadn't been listening to Him. You hadn't been reading His Word. It's time to change all that. It's time to say enough is enough. I'm ready to, to just commit myself to being close to God, to doing everything I can to honor God. To doing everything I can to, uh, to, to just bring people to know him through the things that I do and the things that I say that people would just come to know Jesus. That's really what Renewal Sunday is about. It's just about saying enough is enough. I'm ready to renew. I'm ready to get back on track. We've been in a series called Redeemed. It started out as, it was called Ruth, but God changed the name of the series last week. We talked about the kinsman redeemer, this guy that redeemed Ruth and Naomi, and we talked about how 
he paid for the land and he, he bought them back. He, he, he basically was taking care of Ruth, taking care of Naomi. He, he married Ruth. He was a, a relative of Naomi and Ruth and Naomi were widows and, and, and this man named Boaz just kind of took him back. He said, he said I'm going to take care of you. you you're going to be with me now. And we talked about how that was that's just Jesus. That's just Jesus talking to every one of us. How he is our redeemer. He's the one that makes the purchase for us and brings us back. And he really wants to be close to us. He wants to cover us up. He wants to take care of us. And really, he's constantly there and ready to do that. And all we have to do in order to be redeemed is to ask. What an amazing thing that is that God would, all he would require out of us as human beings, as feeble-minded as we are, the fact that we don't understand anything, we can't really do anything, we're weak, all of those things, the fact that all we have to do in order to, to touch the heart of an almighty God is to ask him. Can you even wrap your mind around that? The Bible tells us. Now, you've thought about this many times, but you hadn't really thought about it. God hears you. You ever tried to wrap your mind around that? That when you talk to God, he hears you. The creator of the universe, who was here before there ever was time, when you speak to him, the Bible literally says in the Psalms that, that he inclines his ear to you. You'll be gone in less than 100 years. The God that is eternal listens to you. I can't grasp that. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around the guy who, who makes the mountains and the oceans and every single grain of sand that is on the beach, that he listens to me. I can't wrap my mind around that. Oh. But it, it's, God always takes it to another level. When you read his word, this is what happens. So we read his word and we're like, Man, that is good. That is amazing. I love that. That is strong. That is powerful. I, I see myself in that, and it's changed my life. I, I am moved by the Word of God. And then what does God do? He takes you to another passage, and he takes it another level. He takes it up a notch. He, he, he ratchets it down a little bit and says, You thought it was good then. Just wait till I show you what else is in there. And that's what I want you to see in God's Word, how He is constantly taking it to the next level. If you will read, if you will study, if you will look at God's Word, I promise you He will continue and continue and continue to show you things you never saw before. That's the amazing thing about God's Word. There are guys that have been studying God's Word for 50 years, and they, they open this Word and they go, I never saw that. I never had any idea that was in there. It is amazing to the next level that God said that to me. And that's where we're at today. We're in a book called Hosea. Not a lot of pastors preach Hosea. Some do. Uh, you know, I, I like the Old Testament just like I knew, like the New Testament. I don't lean more heavily towards one than I do the other. Because there's good stuff in God's Word from cover to cover. And sometimes you have to dig a little harder and sometimes you have to look a little deeper. But I promise you it's in there. I promise you it is amazing, and I promise you if you continue to dig, you continue to pray that God will continue to blow your mind. In a book called Hosea, so we read about Ruth, and man, that was amazing. That God would use this woman who was a foreigner. She was a Moabite, right? Like they weren't, Jews weren't even supposed to hang out with Moabites. 
Or it, it, like, not even supposed to be around them and all this kind of stuff. She was a Moabite, came to hang out with Naomi, who was a Jew. They go back to Bethlehem. Turns out Ruth is interested in, in being a part of their family, being a part of this group of Israelites, these Jews. She wants to be, she's like, your people will be my people and my, your God will be my God. So what does God do? God brings her into the family. So much so that Ruth ends up being in the bloodline of David, which means that she ends up being in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Mind blowing, right? That God would take this foreign woman who doesn't belong with the Jews, and now he says, you know what, you're one of us. So much so that you're going to be part of Jesus. Because she's in the bloodline of David, means she's a bloodline of Mary, which means bloodline of Jesus. A foreigner doesn't belong. She says, I want to be with you. And God says, come on. God says, yes. All you have to do is ask. You can. That's good, right? That's really good. That's good news for me and you. Because I don't know if you know this, but there ain't a whole lot of ethnic Jews in here. Right? The good news is that God adopts us all. If we say yes to Jesus Christ, if we say yes to his invitation, he says, you're in my family. You, you come be with me. <laughs> that is good news. As a matter of fact, the word good news means gospel. That's what it is. It's good news for me and you. Really good news. But some people still don't feel like they belong. Say, so, yeah, I do feel like a foreigner. I do feel like an outsider, an outcast. I really don't feel like I fit in, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how awful I've been. You see, I used to curse God. I used to, to, to just say, God, I don't, I, I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. I, I want to do my own thing, go my own way, and, and I'm going to live it up, and I'm going to do my own thing, and, and you're not going to bother me with this Jesus stuff. See, that used to be me. I, 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 you don't understand, Kenny. I, I used to be that way. It, it wasn't that I wasn't all about God. It was the fact that I hated God. It was the fact that I was anti-God. Well, what about me? I'm not just an outcast, I'm an anti-God person. What about me? Is there room for me? Is there room for, for me to be inside this family you keep talking about? Oh, I believe there is. I believe Hosea shows us that. Now, Hosea is a prophet, so that means he had to do a lot of stuff he didn't like to do. He had to stand in front of people and tell them a lot of stuff they didn't want to hear a lot of times. I don't know if you've ever been in that position. Uh, sometimes it's not real fun. Some of the prophets, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. The prophets didn't always enjoy their job. Everybody's like, man, it must be nice to be up in front of everybody and telling them what God said. That must be a great thing. Wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of times people don't like to hear what God has to say. As a matter of fact, people would try to kill them. Some people would kill them if they were prophets of God telling them, Telling the people what they needed to hear, people were like, I don't like that, so I'm going to kill you. And sometimes the prophets would even go, I'm out, God. I'm done. This whole, like, I'm supposed to tell everybody what you're saying. This is not real fun anymore. I just want to go lay under a tree somewhere and die. Will you please kill me, God? That sounds like a job you want to sign up for, right? Like one like, yeah, I'm down with that. That's what I want to do. I want to be the guy that goes, God, I'm tired of it. It's so rough right now. Just kill me. Nobody wants to be in that position. These prophets were men that just followed God and did what God said to do. Even sometimes, even the fact it brought them sometimes to the very brink of death, and sometimes they were so scared they didn't know what to do. And here 
we see a prophet named Hosea, and he didn't, he didn't like what God had to say. Let me go ahead and tell you what God told him to do is kind of crazy. Um, God tells you to do some crazy stuff sometimes. Now, I don't know if you ever experienced that, but there's some times when God tells you to do some crazy stuff. And you're like, I don't know. God, I don't know if you're coming through clearly right now because uh, this sounds kind of crazy. You think God's told you to do some crazy stuff. Just hang on. Let's look at what Hosea has to say. The Lord gave us this message to Hosea. Oh, good. God's talking to Hosea, son of, son of Barai. During the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah were kings of Judah, and Jeroboam, the son of Joash, was king of Israel. Giving us some historical timeline here. We're talking about, you know, some 750 years before Christ is when this stuff's going on. It's been a while, right? I mean, like, we know how long it's been since Jesus has been around. Well, this is 750 years before that. And here we see God's talking to Hosea. It sounds like a good thing, right? It sounds like a pleasant thing when God's talking to you. He says, go and tell the people this. Go and do this. Go and, and, and take this message, and I'm going to show you something. It sounds good, right? Well, let's look at what God says to uh, Hosea. When the first, Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, through Hosea, he said, this is when God is first starting to speak to Hosea. Okay, this is like the opening conversation, the opening paragraph to the conversation. Here's where we're going to start, Hosea, for me to tell you what you're supposed to do. Man, you would think it would come out with a punch. God would be like, there'd be thunder and clouds and lightning, and you'd be able to see words written in the sky, and like, this is going to be an amazing thing. Look what God says to Hosea. Go and marry a prostitute. what every guy wants right like me now <laughs> let me clarify that he says go and marry a prostitute he didn't say go be with a prostitute he didn't say that. he said go and marry one take her as your own as defiled as she might be go marry a prostitute now some people are like man i should have left my kids back in the kids department right now and some people are like holding their kids ears like I promise I'm going to try to keep it PG rated. We're not going to cover all the passages in here that we could cover. Because uh, some of you would be like going, I didn't know that was in there, man. I, yeah. There's some racy stuff in here sometimes. But here we see God talking to Hosea. He says, go and marry a prostitute. So that. So that. There's a purpose behind it. Every single thing that God's doing in our lives, as crazy as it may seem, as ridiculous as it may seem, if it is truly of the Lord and it's truly God speaking to you, there's always a so that. Now, I don't care if it's you having children, you getting a job, you marrying a certain person, there is always a so that. So that this can happen. You know, Kayla was up here talking and she said, she said, she just prays that we understand that all things work to the good of those that love God and are thee called according to his purpose. That good that we're talking about is God's good, God's glory, so that God can be revealed, so that God can be seen to more and more and more people. That's good. That's the good news, so that people can see God at work. What if every single time you had a big decision to make in your life, what if it is where you live, 
where you go to school, what, what person you marry, uh, how many kids you have. What if every single decision you make in your life was keeping in mind that there's a so that lined up for it? So that God can do this in my life. So that God can show people this. So that, that God can do a great work in somebody else's life. You ever think that way? Do you ever pray that way? God, I'm not going to buy this house until you say, Kenny, go buy this house. Because it may be that, that God's calling me to build my house in Bessemer. In the worst part of town. It, it may be that God's calling me to take a job less money and a whole lot less prestige because there's people there that need Jesus Christ. And if God calls you that, I'm telling you, if you truly have written him a blank check with your life, you need to say yes to that. And God, no matter what the cost, I'm willing to do it. Keeping in mind that there's always a so that in your life. If you are truly a Christian and a follower of Christ, there is always a so that. So that some of her children be ill-conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate, this is going to show people. This is going to show people how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Israel has turned away from their one true God. Now they're worshiping other gods. Everybody's like, well, that's, whew, that's good news for me. I don't worship any other gods. I don't have any idols set up in my house. I don't have any like golden calves in my living room. This is good news for me because I don't worship other gods. I would venture to say that's probably not true. As a matter of fact, I won't go into all the other things that you could be worshiping, but I'll give you one. I'll give you one thing that you could be worshiping instead of God. You could be worshiping yourself. You could be saying, not thy will be done, Lord. I want my will to be done. You could get it all backwards and out of whack and say, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to do my own thing. Who are you worshiping then? Who's your God then? Is God number one in your life? Is he really way up here on the list? Is he at the very top of the list? Or is he just somewhere in between? And certainly you're at number one on the list. I could go on and on and on about the number of things that you could, you could be worshiping that aren't God. But my guess is for most people in this room, the issue that you struggle with is putting yourself before God. Self is way up there. It's number one on the list. It ain't God. And that's why you have trouble seeing the so that in your life. It's because you say, let me do what Kenny wants to do. I, I like Kenny's ideas way better. And God goes, you got to put me first. I got to be first. If you truly want to see the so that in your life, if you truly want to see God doing great things in and through you, he's got to be number one in the list. There ain't no way about it. As a matter of fact, in the Ten Commandments, he says, put no other gods before me. That is number one on the list. You know why? Because it needs to be number one on our list. We're not supposed to be worshiping anything else besides the one true God doing what God said for us to do. And there ain't no two ways about it. He says, go and marry a prostitute. He says, I'm going to show the world what Israel is doing. They're worshiping other gods. Now, Israel this time, man, they've turned to, to doing all kinds of awful things. They've got murder. I mean, because they've worshipped other gods, they, they, they turn, they're doing like child sacrifice stuff. I mean, they're doing like all kinds of, of just nasty, awful stuff. There's incest going on. I mean, just all kinds of sexual immorality. Just, just rampant. There's all kinds of adultery. There's all kinds of just 
people doing their own thing. That's what happens when you worship your own gods. You just go and do your own thing. There's no moral standard. You just go and, man, I'm going to just do what I want to. It's funny to me how every time somebody invents a false god, it always has got some sort of immorality involved in it, right? It's always got something, you know, whether it's having multiple wives or whatever. Like every time somebody invents a religion, it's always got something crazy in it. And you're like, that just don't feel right, man. You know why? Because God has implanted his truth in your heart and you know what it ain't right. And you're sitting there going, that just don't sound right to me. You know why it don't sound right to you? Because it ain't right. And God is showing you that through your heart and he's showing you that, that, man, I'm the true way. I am the truth in the life. He's constantly showing us that. The Israelites, they prostituted themselves out by worshiping these other gods. They were married to these other gods. They were selling themselves out to these other gods. You know, we talked about the, the institution of marriage always being the picture of God's relationship to the church to his redeemed people, right? Just like we saw in Ruth, like redeemed. We see marriage to Ruth. This is what we see in this passage too. We see Hosea being told by God, go and marry a prostitute. I'm going to show all of Israel what they're really doing and how they're really hurting me and how they're really hurting God. So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Deblame. And she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. Now, I hear what you're saying. Those guys are going, I'm not marrying a chick named Gomer. I hear you. I'm with you on that, all right? I'm not sure how he said, God, go, God said I'd go marry a prostitute. I found one. Her name's Gomer. You know, it's like, there's a lot of pretty names in the Bible. Gomer ain't one of them. <laughs> I guess... I guess the, the father was to blame. His name was to blame. So he must have given her that name. Sorry. You can laugh in church. It is okay. I promise you. You will not get struck by lightning. Well, you might, but that won't be because you laughed in church. She just gave him a son. They get married. And they have a child, right? And I can imagine Hosea's like, Man, this is good. And in, in, in Israel those days, it was really a big deal to have kids. You wanted to pass on your name. You wanted to, to pass on your legacy. It was all about leaving a legacy, you know. We've been dedicating children to the Lord today, and that's, it really is. It's, it's all about leaving a legacy, even to us as Christians. We want to raise up children so they can leave a godly legacy to their children. Because you know what? You want your grandkids to be godly people too. You don't want them out there living, doing whatever they want to. I mean, you want them to be godly. You want them to understand God's ways. You, you want them to, to be raised godly so that they can raise their kids godly, right? What's well, a big deal? Hosea's got some kids that come along here. It's great and it's wonderful. And Hosea must be thinking, well, this is good, man. This is really good that, that even though she was a prostitute, she's mine now. She's mine. We, so much so that, that, that we got kids together and she's mine. Well, there's a problem with that. See, God's word goes on to tell us that Gomer decides to go back into prostitution. Gomer decides to go back in and try 
to find whatever she's looking for in the arms of other men. Now you ask me, what is that? Well, I can't tell you what Gomer was looking for. I can't look, tell you if she was looking for a certain kind of affection. I can't tell you if she's looking for money. All I can tell you is this, that whatever she was looking for, they were all false promises. They were all false promises. That's, that's the problem with sin, right? It's just false promises. It looks, it looks like you're getting what you want, but in actuality, you ain't getting what you want. What you want is for your heart to be filled and that emptiness and that void to be reconciled in your life. And what you end up with when sin enters in is you just end up more empty than you started. right? So that's the whole lie of sin. On top of that, what happens is when you sin, you think that you're going after what you want, but instead you come back empty, and then what happens is you feel condemned for it, right? You feel not worthy. I'm not good enough. I, 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 don't, I don't measure up anymore. God can never use me. There's no way that God's going to bless me and take care of me because I have sin. That's the two-faced side of sin. There really is the trap of sin and is the devastation of sin. Is that you slip into it and then you feel condemned for it. And here, Gomer, she's searching she, she goes back and she's, she goes back into prostitution. She goes back chasing all these false promises. And you imagine how Hosea must feel. God, you told me to do this. This was your idea from the beginning. This is what you said to do. I thought that we were on the right path. I thought that we had uh, taken the right steps. And, and here all of a sudden she's gone. She was there with me. We were having kids. We had a family. And now she's gone. And not only is she gone, she's gone back into the, the arms of other men. She's gone back to her old ways. She's gone back to doing what she used to do. God, I thought this was your plan. I want to teach you something here. No, no, no. Wait. God wants to teach you something here. God wants you to see something that will absolutely blow your mind. You think you've done some bad stuff. You think you've slipped into some sin that was really awful, really nasty, and there's no way that God can love you. There's no way that God can take care of you. There's no way that, that God wants you anymore. Well, God wants to show Israel something just like he wants to show you something right now in his words. And if we look in Hosea chapter 3, this is what the Lord said to Hosea. The Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover, this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. He says, go get her. Go get her. You know what God brought you here for? You know why you're here today? Because God wants a relationship with you. If you feel like you've done too much or you're just not there and, and I don't know how to get there, the good news is God still wants you. If you were a God hater and somebody that didn't really care about God or the things of God or reading his word or praying, 
God still wants you. And that's the reason he's put me up here on this, on this platform to say, go get them. Go get her. Tell them. Tell them I love them. I still want them. I still desire a relationship with them. I'm not done with them. I haven't given up on them. I still love them. He says, go get her. Can you imagine what Hosea must have been thinking? Tell you what I've been thinking. You've got to be kidding me. I've been thinking, ain't no way. Sorry, God. I did this one time. It didn't work out so well. I'm not doing it again. Right? Now, you may look at me like, I wouldn't be thinking that, Kenny. Yeah, you would. He says, I want to show everybody something. Even though Israel has turned their back on me, even though they're worshiping other gods, doing their own thing, I still want them. They're still worth something to me. Hosea is still married to this woman. She's still his wife. She's deserted him. She's gone her own way. And God says, go get her. Look at what he says. He says, so... Here's the so that working its way out in Hosea's life. So, I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. He says, I bought her back. She's my wife and I had to go buy her. Hosea, he's a prophet of God. He probably never imagined himself being in the sex trade industry the problem is Hosea has deserted or, or Gomer has deserted Hosea and now she's gone and now God has to show how much he loves Israel how much he desperately wants the people that have turned their back on he has to show them so much so that he's willing to pay a price this is the word redeemed this is to buy back to purchase back and here we see Hosea already owned her, so to speak, and that she was his wife, and now he's got to go buy her from somebody else. That is you and that is me. That is us and how we've turned our back on God time and time again, and he so desperately wants a relationship with you and I that he is willing to purchase us again. He already owns us. He created us. He knitted us together in our mother's womb, and now that we've deserted him and turned our back on him, he says, I still want you so much so that I'll pay a price for you. Jesus, his son Jesus, he didn't, he didn't pay a small amount. He didn't pay in silver. He paid in blood. He said, you're worth so much to me that I'm willing to give my son for you. Can you even wrap your mind around that? Can you even grasp the fact that God said, I want a relationship with you so desperately, even though you have turned your back on me and gone back to other men, to other things, to things that are against me, to things that displease me. I so desperately want you and want a relationship with you that I'm willing to pay the price to get you back. It doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make any sense at all. Listen to what it says in Hosea chapter 6. The first few chapters of Hosea is kind of telling us what happened 
The next chapters are telling us what God was trying to show us. Listen to Hosea chapter 6, beginning of verse 1. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore, the, restore us so we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. Oh, Israel and Judah, what should I do with you, Ask the Lord? For your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like the dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you to pieces, to slaughter you with my words, with judgments as inescapable as light. I want to show, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. You know what God wants? You know what really God wants? I'm just going to tell you straight up. In a single word, he wants you. He didn't want part of you, and he don't, he don't want just a certain percentage of you. He wants all of you, but he wants you. And the good news for all of us is it doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter the things that we've done. It doesn't matter how much we've done to break God's heart. God still wants you. You sold yourself out to other things. You sold yourself out to things that just pleased you, and that's all you've cared about for so long. And it's, it may be despicable. In your eyes or in the eyes of the people sitting around you, it may be awful. But you know what? It ain't too awful for God. It ain't too much for God to forgive. It ain't too much for God to, to, to let go of you and say, I don't want you anymore. So much so that he's willing to, to buy you back, to pay a price for you when you were at your worst. When you were at your worst. When we were yet sinners, Christ died. At the perfect moment, when you were... At your worst of your worst of your worst, Christ said, yes, that's the one I want, that one. So much so that I'm willing to pay a price. You know, um, I have a tough time wrapping my mind around that. So September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, right? So I struggle all the way through the month of September because I'm all too aware of childhood cancer. I'm well aware of the devastation that comes through childhood cancer and how families struggle and moms struggle and dads struggle and sisters struggle. I'm all too aware. I can't imagine giving my child for somebody that has prostituted themselves out can't imagine saying yeah that's what I'm willing to pay I'll give my child I remember I remember when she was laying there a late part of her life and we were trying to figure out what was going on and she was having seizures and just Guinness was just in in really bad shape and uh, I remember seeing her lay there they were doing a scan on her brain and she started to have a seizure and she started 
She, she wet the bed that she was laying on. I'm sitting there going, God, I just want her. I just want her. I do what you got to do to save her. And then it hit me that God said the opposite thing for me. He said, I'll give him so that I can have all of you. That don't make sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but it don't make sense to me. If God's calling you to a relationship with him, just respond. Just ask him. Because I promise you, he wants you more than you want him. He wants you more than you want him. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. There are people in this place, God, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel like, God, there's any way that you could love them as much as you do. I pray that this word has shown them that's not the case. That's not the case. God, you loved them so much that you gave your one and only son for them. God, I just can't. I can't comprehend it. I can't wrap my mind around it. I know how precious my daughter was to me. and I know what it's like to be a father. But you paid a price for me. You bought me at a price. God, because you love me that much. You paid for me with your son's blood. Now, there are no words I can say to say thank you for that. God, I'm overwhelmed by the power of your gospel and the truth of the fact that you love me that much. And there are people in this place that, God, you are calling them to a relationship with you. And God, I just pray. I just pray that they would see you and see your glory. God, they would respond to you and they'd just come to your throne and they would just ask, God, save me, make me one of your own. God, if there's anybody here like that, I pray that they would respond just by coming down here and maybe grabbing me by the hand and say, Kenny, will you pray with me? Will you tell me how to, how to be a Christian? I would love to be able to lead somebody to you today. God, for the brokenhearted person that's here, God, maybe they've done some really bad stuff in their life. And God, they don't feel worthy. Maybe they've given their life to you, but maybe they've turned their back on you. Maybe this has just reminded them, God, that you, you never left them. You've been right there to pick them up. God, to, to brush the dirt off of them and stand them back up on their feet. God, but we can only do that if we turn to you, if we trust in you. The word that you give us is the word repent which means to turn from ourselves and turn towards you. I pray if there's anybody here that needs to repent that they would do that. And there are some people here that are brokenhearted under no fault of their own. God, it's not sin in their life and it's not the fact that they aren't a Christian, God, but it's simply the fact that this world is difficult. This world is very hard and, and it's overwhelming to live in this place that we live in. I pray for that brokenhearted person. God, I pray that they would just come down here and fall at this altar. or Maybe just pray to you where they are, God, and just ask you to touch their lives. God, remind them that you're still God, that you're still in control. God, and maybe, just maybe, what's going on in their life is a so that. 
so that you can show them something or so that you can something can be revealed in their life that will bring glory and honor to the King of Kings. Lord, I just pray, God, that you continue to speak to people's hearts. God, continue to, to open their lives and God, do surgery on them through your word. God, continue to, to just heal them and knit them back together. God, this is all for your glory. Be glorified now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all stand?